What's up, guys? Mitch Pelkey back again with another episode of Pelk Talk. Today, joined by Yale's Fogo, TD Erlen. What's up, TD? Not much. How are we doing? Good, good, good. Just out here in Northern Virginia. Where, where are you at right now? Uh, back home in upstate New York, uh, Victor, God's country. There we go. I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. Have you been back to Yale since you guys were kicked out? Uh, yeah, we went up. Uh, we were up there for about the last week and a half, two weeks. Just uh, get all the guys back together, hung, hang out, give it one last hurrah before everyone kind of unfortunately has to have their separate ways, uh, more or less. But it was good to see the guys one more time. Going to try and see each other again over the summer and catch up quick before a lot of people start real life. I know. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, let's start from the beginning. Growing up in Victor, New York, uh, really a hotbed for lacrosse. You know, what was that like? So uh, growing up in Victor, it's it's pretty crazy to see how it is now. So now it's this hotbed and there's like, it seems five plus guys that go D1 every year. But when we were growing up, there was, I think we had had two or three guys ever go D1. So our high school was not very good. Um, our youth program, when we were coming up, we just kind of wanted to make something special. And luckily all our dads were just coached us and just came up through the right system. Um, we were lucky to play with guys from neighboring towns like Ben Reeves. He played with us all the way through. Oh, wow. And uh, just kind of took good things from neighboring towns like Pittsford and Fairport, Candago. They've always been the powerhouses around here. And just fortunate we had a good core group of guys together. And luckily we built something pretty special. And uh, since then, the teams made the state finals the last five years. So it's pretty cool to see the team who had had uh, one sectional title before we were up there. So it's cool. That's cool. So you said your dad coached you growing up. Did he play lacrosse in college anywhere? No, he uh, he went to Cortland, but uh, didn't okay. play lacrosse. Didn't even know what lacrosse was. Um, coach Sudan, who is like my uncle, basically, the Chrome coach, he uh, he kind of got my dad into lacrosse because he was a legend at UMass and on world teams and kind of just taught us everything we knew. And he was pretty much our inspiration because – could see him. He's pretty unathletic. Kind of got to, got a barrel and pigeon toed, but he <laughs> he pretty much told us if I can be good at lacrosse, anyone can. And uh, yeah, he he's who got us into it, and forever grateful to him and all the uh, all the other coaches at Fairport. Yeah. So your brother's a, a goalie at Cornell right now. What was that like? Were you guys always growing up being competitive? You guys always kind of wanted to win. <laughs> yeah. Pretty uh, pretty pretty competitive household through and through. Um. Parents are competitive. No matter what we're doing, it seems like everything's a competition. Um, like whether it's like board games or a puzzle or anything like that, it just always seems to turn into a competition. And I think it's been good. A lot of hostile, a lot of hostile uh, feelings sometimes, but it worked out. Uh, worked out pretty well for us. Um, it was good. It's nice to have a brother growing up that just trains with you, and you can just lug him around to anything. Especially being the younger one, I had a little bit of power over him. So. Yeah. What's your guys' age difference? He's two years younger, even though he's taller and got the good genes. Okay, okay. So you guys had two years at uh, at Victor together? Yeah. So I, his freshman, sophomore year, I was lucky enough to play with him. So did you grow – you said you grew up playing travel ball. On what, on what team? So we kept our Victor team together for pretty much the whole time and then ended up playing a little bit of Rochester Flyers and some Orange Crush. Um, two good programs in upstate flyers a little bit smaller but coach randall over at nez did a great job just kind of teaching us little things that 
a lot of people don't really learn in summer lacrosse, maybe going to like the premier teams like Sweet Lex and stuff around here. So uh, it's pretty fortunate to get that. Um, got to play with Chase and get coached by my dad still. So it was an awesome experience playing for them. And then Orange Crush kind of kind of went uh, kind of went to the enemy territory over in Cuse, but they got some good lacrosse players. So made some good friends there and definitely learned a lot from them. Yeah, I can I can remember my travel days playing Orange Crush. They were a bunch of hacks. <laughs> yeah, still are. <laughs> they uh, they were two things. I remember they would hack you up, and then their they would their possessions would just be super long, and it's boring because it's like a summer game, like you want to play, but then they'd be like holding the ball trying to win. Yeah, play like actual systems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So why did you never decide to go like traditional route with Sweetlax? You know, I uh, I had the opportunity to play with them for a lot of the summers because my buddy Danny's brother was uh, was coaching them, so I had the opportunity to play with them. Uh, and it's a good team, obviously. So why don't you take that traditional route? Back then, they just started getting into upstate around my freshman year. And I wasn't very good at lacrosse or sports because I was just so small. I was Wrestling was my main sport. So I played football. I wrestled and played lacrosse all the way through. So I really focused a lot on travel or summer lacrosse. And I was coming off my eighth grade year. Going into my freshman year, I was like 100. I wrestled 106. So I was tiny. I was really, really Freshman year? Yeah. Yeah, freshman year. So it was probably around like 103, 104 too. I didn't even cut weight. So I was tiny and Sweet Likes didn't even ask me to try out or anything like that. So I pretty much, I pretty much got cut. <laughs> I wouldn't have made the team. Freshman year, I uh, hit a little bit of a growth spurt and got pulled up to uh, varsity with a bunch of my other, a uh, bunch of my other teammates, classmates at Victor and just I still wasn't very big. I think I was like a 120, 125, but kind of that's when I changed to being a face-off guy, and everything just kind of clicked. Um, they asked me to play in a couple tournaments and stuff, but just didn't really work out because I had already committed to other teams and kind of wanted to enjoy my summer and stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, a guy on our team, TJ Hendricks, is from upstate, and he says you guys are boys, and he wanted me to ask about the Rochester Flyers. What was that? Fly, flyers flyer die that was a <laughs> good group i had nice guys like tj brett randall um my brother too stayed close with them all the way th through today um flyers was awesome it was we didn't go to all the main level tournaments if anything we went to like the worst tournaments and just middle of nowhere and uh but there's still good competition i guess it just uh we some of the places we ended up were not not too desirable and I think those are kind of what made the relationships with guys like TJ worth it at the end of the day. You, you know, yeah, I mean, you're out of summer lacrosse tournament. Of course it starts raining. The fields are horrible and just like everyone's miserable. You don't want to be there, but uh, yeah, it was Rochester Flyers is definitely some, some great experiences. I'll always remember. I love that. Flyer die. I love that. <laughs> so then attending Victor high school section five. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Very Powerhouse. Um, you know, were you kind of nervous for that first tryout on varsity that spring? Definitely was super nervous just because it's kind of like the cliche everyone says, like the game gets so much bigger and faster at every level. And yeah. kind of that jump you take from high school to college, it's like the same thing going from like JV to varsity. Like you're going against men, especially for me. And I was lucky. I didn't have to do it alone, which made it way easier. I had, I believe, five guys they brought up with me, um, both the Barrow twins uh Ryan Maloney who's at Cornell and then uh Mike DeMarco I believe and they brought all of us up and it was 
luckily all of us kind of went through it together. So we all, if we're going to suck, we're all going to suck together. Yeah. And uh, it was definitely pretty nerve wracking and just kind of like the first game with anything. And uh, I guess relative now you look back and for me, it's not a big deal, but during the time it was such a big deal and super nervous and luckily just kind of played well at the right times and all five of us started getting confidence. And I think that just kind of fed off one another and that allowed all of us to be successful, not just me. Yeah. So you, so you said you made JV your freshman year, right? Yeah. Freshman year. And then towards the end of the year, you get pulled up or did you not make varsity until sophomore year? Uh, so end of, I was on JV freshman year and then our team, our varsity team was not doing very well. I think, uh, some like 500, maybe a little under 500. And our yeah. JV team was pretty good because we had that core group of guys that were down there. Mm-hmm. And just one, they were playing Pittsford actually. And what it's, they won like one out of like 25 faceoffs or something along those lines. And I wasn't really a FOGO at the time. And Coach Andre, I'll still remember, he called me. I was in the middle of science class and he calls me. He's like, hey, I need you to come to the weight room. I was like, oh boy, this is it's a little weird. <laughs> and uh, he's just like, yeah, so I heard wrestlers are good face-offs. So you're going to take face-offs. I was like, all right, sounds good. And he's like, yeah, but you're like doing it on varsity now. And I was like, all right, no pressure. You're doing something that I didn't even know really what to do. And yeah, then we're on varsity. So that's kind of a cool experience. I mean, what was kind of going through your head? Like, were you, obviously, you were probably nervous, but like, did you honestly know what to do? Uh, I had kind of no clue. I just remember watching. Um, Syracuse played Bryant in the first round of the tournament that year, and that was your Kevin Mass. It was, like, so good. So I remember watching him, and I was like, all right, I'm just going to try and do what he does. Um, clearly didn't do it as good as him at all. Like, he way better than I was. But he was a wrestler, so I kind of think I could do stylistically similar things. Yeah. So I just kind of tried to emulate that. It had still, like, I guess my perception for what, like, I thought I looked like was so different from what it actually looked like. But I guess it worked. And then it was pretty crazy. In, like, a couple weeks, I went from, like, not really knowing anything about face-offs. And then the first coach who talked to me was actually from Ohio State. It was Coach Kester. And he was like, hey, I'm from Ohio State. And it, like, said – he has pulled, obviously, said Ohio State. I was like, oh, oh. I was like, like, oh, nice to meet you. (laughs) So it was pretty uh, pretty crazy experience to happen in, like, three weeks going from, like, JV to then getting, like, recruited by top schools like that. Yeah. Wait, so is that why your first picture on Instagram is at Ohio State? Yeah. It was, uh, really? That was the first school that talked to me. I guess – and I did – back then, I, Instagram was just getting big, and, like, I had one picture maybe. <laughs> maybe that was my first one, but I was, like well, – I was really excited to visit Ohio State. It's a good That's time. awesome. Yeah, because I noticed that, and I was going to ask that later. But so you grew up kind of playing wrestling and lacrosse your whole life. How has wrestling like made an impact on your on your faceoff career? Wrestling, I think, is just faceoff, and from a competitive standpoint, it's just I I'm biased, very biased, but I think it's the hardest sport out there. Just like it's a lifestyle, you have to cut weight, you have to. It's just one on one. Like so, if you don't show up, you don't really have a team that's going to bail you out or things yeah. like that. So it's just such a one on one battle and. I really like that at times going through when you're in the midst of everything, it was pretty tough just to, just to deal with all that stress and stuff of it being on you. But I think now it kind of helps me in uh, just the competitive aspect of everything, obviously the flexibility and just kind of being in a face-off. It's a lot similar to like position jar and wrestling. So I think those are stylistically some things that help, but just the competitive nature of it is just awesome. And some of the guys who, 
I wrestled with in high school or I'm still really close with today. Um, one that comes to mind is like Yanni, who's at Cornell, who's now a two-time national champion. And just like things learning from guys like that that are so elite um, really helped. I kind of transferred over to lacrosse. Yeah. So do you think kind of the mental game of wrestling, you know, you said the cutting weight, the, it's all on you. The mental part has helped you in your face-off career with kind of face-off being its, its, its own mental game as well. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think just learning how to handle like the nerves and things like that is just the mental aspect, as you're saying. Just those things is just you got to get excited for a game, but you can't get too hyped up and you can't psych yourself out. Um, things like that really helped me. And I guess two things, losing and wrestling and stuff kind of really helped me learn that. And you got to learn the hard way sometimes, as unfortunate as it is, but I think things like that is probably the biggest thing you can take away from wrestling. And it's kind of why I recommend it to any, anyone that asks, what can I do to get better at face-offs? Wrestle, wrestle helps you with anything. So. That's kind of cool. I, I don't think I've ever heard that. that that's cool. So yeah. what, what was the recruiting process like for you? Um, yeah, so it's, it started out great. And I guess I didn't really know what to expect. So went to, um, we went to the sexual finals my freshman year. There were some coaches there. Uh, lost in triple overtime, unfortunately, and then went to the Under Armour tryout in Upstate and kind of got most of my looks from there. Uh, went on a bunch of visits my that summer, and pretty much everyone just kind of came back and chose someone else and just pretty much said I was too small or, like, too unathletic or something. So that was a pretty tough thing to hear when you're a freshman, so, like, 14 years old. Yeah. So I think it was a pretty traumatic time. Like, everyone who has, like – I think it's – not like my story is unique. I think a lot of kids go through that, but to hear like the guys who, I guess I'll rip on docs a little bit just cause I know him and a guy like him who's the number one recruit forever. And just like a stud who just probably had his place to choose from. I didn't have that experience. Um, so I probably can still remember it. It was like one day, four schools called me and just all said, no, Syracuse, Penn state, Wow. Um, Maryland. All in like the same day just called me and they're like, sorry, I went with someone else. Like you just, for some reason, someone said like, I'm not athletic enough, whatever. It was just a pretty tough go. And then same thing kind of happened. Um, I was looking at Towson pretty heavily. Went through the next summer, was looking at Albany a little bit too, but uh, some other schools like would go in and out. I, I remember it was one day I was supposed to go visit Loyola and they called back and just said they didn't want me the day I was supposed to visit. So had some traumatic times there. Um, I actually called to commit to Towson and they told me they took someone else. Really? The next day I committed to Albany. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I'll know Jack McNallan from New Hampshire. I'll never forget it. Cause they told me that. And I was so traumatized. I told my parents, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go commit to Towson and just, no, couldn't have been a worse phone call. Wow, that's crazy. Fuel you to be a better player. I mean, getting that phone call or getting those phone calls, you said you got four in a day that all denied you. Like, that's got to take a toll on you. Definitely. I think at the time, too, it's just – With the whole young recruiting Yeah, you're just young. Yeah. Guy. yeah. I mean, it sure, it's like everyone's been told no by someone along the lines. It's just – when it hap- it's nice for the kids now going through as like juniors and at least you're you mature a lot in those two years when you're young someone telling you you're like not good enough is just it's a really tough thing to take I think it helps people grow up a lot but it's it's hard for kids that young to hear and like especially yeah. it's such a life decision you're making at such a young age so honestly it's like I'm a pretty competitive person and it definitely 
put a chip on my shoulder. And I still kind of have those feelings towards a lot of those schools today. But at the end of the day, I kind of have learned that I wouldn't be where I am without those experiences. So back then, I definitely had a chip on my shoulder. But it kind of everything works out for a reason. And kids I give lessons to and kids I talk to who go through similar experiences, everything will kind of work itself out. Like if you're if you're good, someone's going to find you and give you a chance and it works itself out. And I think I'm a classic example of that. Yeah. So are you kind of glad the recruiting rules changed? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, know, think I, think it, it, I think in your case, it, yeah. it's, it's good because like you were a late bloomer and the, and the recruiting rules back then didn't really help late bloomers. Yeah. So, and, and at the time, like everyone's so young, you really don't know where you want to go. Yeah, I think, uh, I think, yeah, exactly. It's such a good point. You don't really, it's such a serious decision. And like, I remember visiting Ohio state, like they had like the kids got student athletes. I don't know if it's still the case. You got like iPads or something coming yeah. in. <laughs> and I was like, that's the coolest thing. I want to go to Ohio state. And yeah. just when you look back and I guess I kind of went through the recruiting process twice from going to Albany and then to Yale. So it's just, your perspective was so much different. Obviously I'd been in college for two years, but I just kind of think if you have two years when you're like a junior in high school, when people are starting to starting to kind of think of college decisions anyways, even without school, it's just, you have so much more clarity on the thing, on the situation. And it's such a big decision that some kids probably make irrational decisions back then. And you saw so many people decommitting that it was almost like why commit in the first place. So I think they're good for a lot of things. I mean, some coaches might not like it, but I think it's better for the kids. Yeah. So coming out of high school, uh, being ranked as an incoming freshman at 58, do you think that was kind of like a low blow or do you think that was honestly a good rating for you? Yeah. Honestly, I thought I was like lower. So I guess now it's pretty good. I thought I was, I thought I was like in the sixties or seventies. Um, yeah, I mean, it was honestly I felt pretty slighted, but I kind of realized I didn't play some lacrosse year round. I didn't play on like an elite summer team. I kind of, one thing I was pretty bitter about and uh, just not making the Under Armour game, two of my teammates made it and they totally should have made it. But I just kind of, we'd won two state titles in a row and I kind of felt slighted. Um, honestly, coming out of high school, I would have said I was probably the third best guy, but Gerard and uh Christian, your teammate, actually, were on Team USA for that summer. So I kind of figured I would have been the next guy up. And just they took two guys over me. So I was like, kind of felt slighted. But definitely, again, just kind of put that chip on my shoulder. And there's a lot of guys that if you look at just were unranked coming out of high school, ranked really low and just kind of proved people wrong. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's definitely – I think it was probably <laughs> – I guess now I thought I was in the sixties. Was that low? I guess fifty-eight is pretty accurate, but uh, <laughs> it worked out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So then you commit to Albany. You know, what what were some factors that kind of attracted you to a school like Albany? So Victor's got a big pipeline to Albany. I think there's three kids going next year. Um, I went with another teammate, Patrick Bear, who's my roommate, uh, freshman sophomore year. And then there was John Maloney, Mitch Rupp. So there was just there, and a bunch of other Rochester guys like Blaze Reardon were really close with. Um, so there was just a pipeline of people who I knew and it seemed like a fun school. It's pretty close to home. Uh, the boys, boys definitely uh, knew how to have fun, it seemed like, at least when we visited and things like that. Yeah. And Coach Mar was awesome. He was super friendly, super nice. 
um, had family nearby. So it just kind of seemed like it worked out. Uh, all the other options had kind of fallen through and seemed like that was, it just kind of made sense for me. It seemed like uh, all the signs were pointing there and it worked out. I mean, we went there and they kind of, they kind of made the pitch that I could be one of the guys that helped bring the team to a final four. And it worked out, you know, had yeah. great two years there. And it was, uh, met a lot of great guys, was lucky to play with tour and finalists and Connor Fields amongst other guys like the Bergmasters and McClancy and uh, J.D. Calaruso and the Rays. So I just great experience there through and through. So when you kind of got there, did it feel like home from the start? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's when you go to college, it's like you don't really Dang, know. What yeah. You're, yeah. So I guess you just don't really, I guess you kind of think it is. Um, but I loved, yeah, no, but I loved my time there. I was really close with the guys. It was cool to have a group that cared about lacrosse and, um, I think you kind of probably have this experience too. Um, you come from high school and there's a couple guys maybe that really care about lacrosse, but then you get to somewhere and the whole team cares about it. And you just have guys that you're going to connect with, like no matter what you do, if you, if you're, if you like to go out, if you don't like to go out, if um, you're a big academics guy, uh, yeah. there's someone for you. To, there's some people for you to connect with no matter what. So it was awesome just to be a part of a team and just having that separation from home, I think really helped me grow up and just as everyone does it helps you be independent you kind of figure out what you need to get done yeah I think coming from a like high school maybe you can attest this coming from a public high school is like there you do way more lacrosse playing at division one level than than I did at a at a public high school that was kind of the biggest surprise to me it was like we're gonna lift and, and then practice and then this isn't gonna stop until like the weekend yeah but, I, I that was kind of the biggest test for me. It was just like, wow, the stick is in our hands like way more than high school. Yeah, I definitely agree. Especially, and then you guys have football games to look forward to on the weekends too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what was kind of that aha moment um, in that freshman fall where something happened and you kind of realized like, I got to pick it up. This isn't high school ball anymore. I th the. <laughs> I can remember it's the first scrimmage. It was first day of practice, actually. So we got there, all the seniors and uh, upperclassmen were just super nice to us. They're like, oh, like, welcome to the team. And, like, so it was going to be so nice. And uh, at the time, Zach Ornstein, who played as – he was a starter his freshman year. Um, he was out with, I believe, an elbow or shoulder surgery, something along those lines. So it was me and then another senior, Connor Russell, and he was kind of beat up too. So I was kind of our only face-off guy that could really go the whole time. And Coach Marr walks out, first day of practice, everyone's excited. And everyone knows what's coming except the freshmen. They lay out this huge, like, practice plan. And we're like, oh, it's going to be, like, line drills. It's, like, pretty laxed and stuff. Get out there. Coach Marr literally just rips up the practice plan. He's like, all right, we're scrimmaging. And then everyone's so excited except you got all the freshmen just in like their, their like high school gear and stuff. And yeah. So a lot of sorts. And they just pretty much made the team. And it was like freshmen and like a, just enough people we needed to survive versus like everyone, it seemed like. Yeah. In the first face off, I popped it out and I thought it was like so clean. And like in high school, I would have had so much time and just got like lit up. It seemed like start <laughs> sailed. Like I think my stick's still in the air back at Albany. But uh, yeah. I was like, all right, welcome. I was like, this is a new, uh, new, new show. And then, um, so that whole practice in just first couple of weeks, 
you're definitely getting lit up. Face-off-wise, I felt fine, but just the speed of play and everything after was just – Yeah, that's one thing I realized, too, is like the speed of play is crazy way faster than high school. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure as you can attest to, especially Albany, I was lucky for the most part. We weren't a big team when I was there my freshman year, and I wasn't a big guy, so it kind of worked out for me. But obviously, you guys had some monsters. So, like, yeah. you guys probably came out and just, like, even a bigger jump right away. Yeah. So, then your first game, you guys play Cuse, and you go six for 21. How did that kind of, like, prep you because I mean obviously it's the first game you're starting your first start you're all amped up and then you end up going six for 21. Yeah um that yeah, well not a great start uh not not the easiest start to come in as a freshman especially from upstate New York you go to the carrier dome for these games growing up your whole life and yeah. you kind of like dream about playing there and like you just kind of picture for so long and then I was going against Ben Williams who was a reigning two-time All-American Senior, he was a man. He was so much bigger than me and just definitely one of the best in the country. Mm -hmm. And I just let the moment get to me. It was kind of like it happens pretty much to everyone at some time their freshman year. And the moment just got to me. And I think if that helped me so much, though, going forward, almost as I said, like the losses and stuff in wrestling, the experience and stuff I got from that game just kind of kind of showed me what I need to get work on. It was just like, uh, I got to get better. Um, there's, there's just really no excuse, like more reps, more get bigger, stronger, things like that. But it's just, I was just a little kid out there and I was going against the man and I kind of realized that's like how it was going to be for a little bit, unless I got bigger. So I needed to kind of, that was, <laughs> it was a tough pill to swallow, but in the end, it, it as devastating as it was, it was definitely a good thing for me to go through. Yeah. How do you prepare for facing off like how do you get your kind of mind right for the games so I'm not a super loud and like I can't really listen to like I have my routine I'm very I'm not superstitious but I'm a little stitious um yeah. that's kind of what we say on at Yale but I just kind of have a routine I kind of learned to perfect it over the years and I keep to myself for the most part if someone talks to me I'll talk to them I'm not like super like I can't talk to anyone but yeah. If I scream and yell before the game and go out and go early three times in a row. And that's not yeah. definitely not what I need. And definitely not what we need either. I kind of stick to my routine. I have Friday night, always go out and get like eat same place and go with usually the same group of guys and just kind of have a routine and just like stick to it. I'm not yeah. outgoing, just kind of stay level headed. Just kind of what I would do in wrestling. It kind of taught me to take that approach and just be level headed, stick on a routine. And then I just feel ready to go. Yeah. How do you handle um, a couple losses in the face-off game? So you lose a couple in a row, and, and how do you handle that mentally? I think the biggest thing is just you got to stick true to what you're good at, and then if it's really not going well, you got to change. So if I lose the first two or three, I'm still going to stick to what I do. But if I lose four or five, then I got to start making changes. Um, I think you see a lot of guys, everyone's so good in high school, and you don't need to change. And then you get to college and everyone just has their move they're really good at. So sometimes you don't match up well with someone, so you have to change. And that's the thing I kind of – over my four years, I've gotten better at. And I think that's what happens with most guys is you just learn to adapt, things like yeah. that. It's not uh, – it's not 
people just get stubborn and set in their ways and I did too and you have to learn to kind of adapt so whether it's a little thing like less pressure on your hands or get into rotation faster I just kind of change it up after uh after things aren't going well for a while but try and just stick true to who I who I am and listen to the whistle and just try and react <laughs> yeah so then sophomore year you fields Tahoka against Denver with Trevor Baptiste you know what was that moment like for you because I think that was honestly like the biggest game where everyone was just talking about facing off I think the first time ever yeah that was that week was crazy I felt like a mini celebrity that week um there was there was honestly media for like two hours a day it seemed like I was doing interviews and we had just actually no we had I had three finals that week too and it got to the point where I was like yeah I got like a final I got to go to right now so on top of everything, definitely to make it easy to have those. Um, but it was a pretty crazy week. I think uh, I got some great advice along the way. Uh, Drew Simino is Naz alum. He's on the Water Dogs now. He helped me tremendously. He came up two times that week, and I've worked out with him for years. He's taught me everything I know. And he just – everyone just kind of built up as such a big matchup. And I think – it's hard to tell, but if Trevor wins that, it's pretty, like, unanimous he'll go down as, like, the best ever. And they go to a Final Four. And there's just so many things going on and so many implications other than just the game. And I knew I knew going in, I thought we had a pretty good game plan. Just, like, at the end of the day, Drew told me, he's like, no one really expects you to win any. So if you win one, you're doing fine. And it seemed, like, yeah. blunt, but it just kind of realized, really? like, having that corner dog mentality and just, like, you against the world it's so much easier to get up for that than if you're being a hunted so being a hunter and stuff just was helped so much in that game and my wings did a great job our coaches we had a great game plan I think Denver really did too so I think it was we split 15-15 it was just that kind of tells the story it was pretty pretty evenly split battle and we did what we needed to do to win did uh did you and Trevor any exchange any any words ever (laughs) This is, yeah, this is, like, everyone's favorite question. As much as, like, it, how it, it would seem great, like, we didn't say anything. I think there was – honestly, he made some pretty funny jokes, I think, throughout the time. Like, he, I met him at Vail, Colorado for that tournament out there over the summer, and he came up to me around, like, when it was, like, crunch time. I want to say it was, like, 12, 11 or something, and it was, like, downpouring. He's like, oh, this is way different than – the meeting in Vail, Colorado. He was just like, I was like, oh, that's pretty funny. But no, I, we, I mean, we respect each other a lot. I mean, everything he's done for the position is just, he's kind of put it, he's kind of just brought the great notoriety to it. So I, I'm not really going to sit there and trash talk him. I'm not that good. Uh, I've gotten a little bit better. I was horrible at it my sophomore year. So I, I, I really have too much to say to him and we kept it pretty cordial, but there's just a lot of respect. It was a, uh, the season ends uh, and you enter the portal and transfer to Yale. Why the transfer? Academically, the things an Ivy League school can do for you. And I knew that going with – my brother had job offers when he was going into Cornell. Like, so he was going to be a freshman at Cornell. He was already set for the rest of his life. And I just was looking for something like that. And I don't know. I guess I just kind of realized I had a talent. And I'd be doing myself a disservice if I couldn't use it to go and get the best education possible. Um, I think what Coach Shea did at Yale and kind of how he built the program from nothing, it just, it spoke volumes to me and just everything I'd heard from the guys I knew at Yale, it just seemed like a great spot, 
Uh, obviously, you're going to get the Kevin Durant jokes and stuff going to, the, like, the defending national champions. But yeah. I kind of realized it was going to be a challenge going there. I mean, they beat us, but they lost eight seniors that all started. And they lost, like, five All-Americans. So just the education and I think the alumni connection there, especially for lacrosse, is the best in the best in college lacrosse for sure. I mean, when you have a guy like Joe Sai who runs one of the biggest companies in the world in your corner, that helps with a lot. And amongst others, like just the education and alumni connections, it, it's a decision that set me up for the next 40 years of my life. And as much as it's tough for me to leave Albany and a lot of people still hold grudges over me for that, it's like the decision set me up for the rest of my life. I'm not bitter towards Albany. I wouldn't be where I am without them. And Still, some of my closest friends from Albany that I had when I was there, most of them are still there with me today. And at the end of the day, those relationships are really, as you know, what's like important about college sports. So when you back when you committed to Albany, was Ivy League schools always in the back of your mind? Like, I want to go there, I want to there, but I'm not kind of getting the looks I want from school, so I'm just going to commit to Albany? Uh, to an extent. I wasn't the greatest student in high school. Uh, <laughs> I am kind of with that young recruiting. I didn't really realize how important it was until it was too late. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't, a, I was like a B plus student, but that just isn't going to get you into an Ivy league school. And uh, sometimes a B student, <laughs> but uh, so I remember Co Cornell was talking to Chase like, yeah, we were really looking at your brother, but uh, after seeing his transcript, we just don't know if uh, he's our type of guy. And they put it like in a very nice way. Yeah. But I just didn't realize how important school was, but I'd always kind of had it on my radar. Um, I guess when I was younger, recruiting-wise, I didn't really want to go Ivy, but by junior, senior year in high school, I kind of realized how important it was. I remember I told J-Mo and uh, Lucas this all the time when I saw they were two really big recruits and committed to Yale, and I was like talking to my dad, and I was like, why would anyone want to go to Yale to play lacrosse? And I was just <laughs> – and if myself saw me in like four years or five years, whatever it was when I'm at Yale, you, that like freshman yourself would have been like, you're such an idiot. But yeah, <laughs> glad I made the decision now. Why, why, why would you say you kind of made that, th that kind of comment? Do you think because it was just kind of like a smart school? Like, why would anyone want to play lacrosse there? Yeah, I just didn't just being naive. Like I didn't realize the, how important it was. And that's like freshman, sophomore year. And um, both my parents, like, they I'm their oldest so they've never gone through recruiting and uh they both stayed pretty local for college so I guess we just didn't realize how important an Ivy League degree is and how many doors it opens so just like you don't know what you don't know so that was kind of like I just kind of thought it was a bunch of like nerds and smart kids and I didn't realize how important it was I just kind of thought it was like just kind of tryhards went there yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah and then just my brother I think I owe it all to him because if he ended up somewhere else, I probably don't end up at Yale. So, so what other schools were you looking at in the transfer process? Well, unlike my high school experience, the transfer was actually awesome. I had, I had my pick of schools, um, but right away I pretty much narrowed it down to Yale and Cornell. I was pretty set to go to Cornell right away, but just I kind of Yale just wouldn't leave me alone. And I kind of, I almost, I was like, they're going to kill me if I don't come visit. Cause like they had every kid on their team seemed reached out to me like daily. Ugh. 
John Dan and Jealous. This will be a good tire pump. He needs it. He, but uh, he was a captain last year, and he was just – he literally wouldn't leave me alone. He had a banking job in New York City, and he was up at, like, 5 a.m. texting me the whole day. He's like, yeah, I was the worst intern that whole summer, but I got you recruited. But, he, yeah, he just – um, basically, I went in the transfer pool and became official, like, at, like, 3 o'clock or something, and I didn't even know it was official. And Coach Shade called me at, like, 3.01. He's like, hey, TD, this is Coach Shea from Yale. And I'm like, I know who you are, Coach. You just just destroyed us, like, two weeks ago. I was like, congrats on the national title. And I don't think he was, like, really expecting me to say that. And I don't know. <laughs> but then uh, I talked to him for, like, three hours. And I was getting a bunch of texts from other coaches. But I didn't really have any intentions on hearing him out. But he just kind of, like, seemed like my type of guy. And he was just awesome the whole time. And the things he was saying about Yale was just, I was like, all right, I really got to give this place a look and an opportunity. And just Ben Reeves, as I said before, I played with him. And just growing up with him, it was super close. And he had nothing but great things to say. So it was just, they kind of willed themselves. They kind of, they weighed on me. And eventually just, as soon as I got on campus, just kind of that feeling of home, like it just felt right. Even like no one was there. Um, I met a couple guys from the team and they just all seemed like me. And I was like, I, I got to come here as much as it's going to be tough for my parents to could have both been at Cornell. And it's, uh, it was, it was a hard decision and, but I'm glad I did it. I think me also going to Yale, it was nice for me and Chase to kind of have our own separate things. I think, I think he now at Cornell, he's like, he's Chase and like, I'm at Yale, I'm TD. Like if we go together, like, it's just kind of like you're one package together. Yeah, it's not like you're you know, you know it is the Erlen brothers. Yeah. What would you say is the biggest adjustment um, from Albany to Yale? The, the Ivy League schedule, this class, the classes were not as bad as I thought. Um, there wasn't any multiple choice tests, despite what I was, really? what I was waiting for. I came. I remember I was talking to, uh, I think like Sessa or Ty maybe, and. Uh, we go in, it's like three weeks in, I had like two tests and I went to like, whoever it was, I was just like, do you guys not do like multiple choice tests here? And they're like, yeah, no, we don't, we don't really do those here. And Wait, I was like, so what is it? Just all short answer? Yeah. Short answer IDs. So it's not like bad, but yeah. just like if multiple choice tests are the best, the answers are there. You just got to find them, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think that was a big adjustment academically. It's just like, it's a, it's Yale. So it's one of the best schools. So it wasn't too bad, but you just really got to like be diligent, be on top of your work. And then I think cause the Ivy league schedule is so weird with fall ball and restrictions. It's just your lifts are weird times. You have captain's practices and they're just going to pop up here and there, but it's kind of like that uncertainty and stuff just like gets everyone closer. Cause you just have to always be paying attention and always be ready to go. Cause like maybe seven o'clock rolls around one day and everyone had work and they're like, all right, captain's practice and like later today or something like that. So just that adjustment of like, nothing's really set in stone just because of how weird the, uh, the Ivy league. is. Yeah, exactly. But it's definitely, I think once you learn to get used to it, it's fine. Yeah. How does that kind of make you feel that you're kind of in the conversation of the best ever? I guess I don't really think about it. Um, I don't know. I guess when you're a kid, you always like think you want to be like the best ever things like that. And then once you hit college, as you know, it's like things just kind of like happen. And 
it hasn't really hit me and I guess I'm lucky because as soon as you start thinking about how like good you are that's like when karma just bites up so I haven't really gave it too much thought honestly it's just like I just feel like I've met so many people and so many more relationships because of lacrosse and the doors it's open I guess I don't really think about too much of being like the best like that's the goal is like I guess I kind of always said like I wanted to be the best but like everyone says that and uh I haven't really put like too much thought like me and Trevor like like each other like we're we it's not like either of us have hostility but when everyone says between me or him who's better or what did it who's who it's like it's okay like you can have your opinion on who you want like I'm sure he thinks he's the best and uh I mean I got nothing but respect for him like my goal is to be the best at one day too so we'll see I don't know it's I haven't really thought about it too much um it's cool to get like little kids that like say you're like the best and stuff, but <laughs> I yeah. haven't thought about it too much yet. <laughs> yeah. So then a couple of weeks ago, you took to social media that you're going to come back um, for, for your fifth year. Mm-hmm. You know, was that process hard? Yeah, that process was very hard. Um, the thing at, uh, so at Yale, all the other seniors, so we had nine of us that were going to come back out of the 11, which is pretty crazy being that none of us were on scholarships or anything like that. Um, so we have to pay and we ended up, I was the only one allowed to come back cause I haven't used my eight semesters at Yale and you're only allocated eight and grad students can't play at Yale. So I can come back and use that and use my final year of eligibility. And I don't know, it's pretty, it's kind of tough cause my brother's at Cornell and you see those guys going back and all those seniors and I think it's pretty ridiculous that Yale's not going to let us back. It seems kind of arbitrary to, like, keep these pre-existing rules for a time that, like, that's why they're not letting anyone back is because they have these rules that they're not willing to break, and these are just unprecedented, unprecedented times. And extreme times call for extreme solutions. And yeah, I don't know. It just seems pretty ridiculous on my view, but that's a different conversation. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so – I just told like the seniors and cause if there's anyone I felt bad for just like those are your brothers and like you play with them. And mm-hmm. I was just like, guys, like there's an opportunity I can go back. Like, obviously I think it's kind of BS that like we all can't go back. I was like, what are your thoughts? Like if anyone has an issue at all, I don't hold it against you at all. Cause I feel pretty guilty if I can go back and none of you guys can. And Colin Courtney texted right away and then called me and he was just like, if you don't go back, I'm going to be mad at you. And everyone was just inanimate. And they're just like, why would you consider not going back? You can go back. And it's just pretty crazy. The job coach Jay's done just the Yale program that guys need, even if they can't do it, they wanted me to go back so bad and just kind of finish out on the right tone and just represent those group of seniors that didn't get to do it. And it's, uh, I mean, it's tough, obviously, like, Everyone thinks they have this year. I think there's 20 teams saying they were going to win the national championship because there was so much uncertainty. But like, I just think we had a pretty complete group. And as anyone else, I think we could have won. I mean, you had like, we were pretty complete as many other teams were, but just no one really knows what would have happened. And it's tough not to be able to kind of write the ending to your story. And now I kind of have a chance to do that for me, but also just all those seniors that weren't given that opportunity. Yeah. So you, so you said that Yale – wait, so the, the rules with coming back, are they school rules or is it is it an Ivy League-wide rule? 
school rules. Cornell, Penn, and Brown have allowed their students to come back. I know those three are for sure. And then Harvard, Yale, Princeton uh, are not letting them come back. But I know Cornell. I know Cornell is letting their kids come back. I've, Chase is a pretty reliable source for that. Yeah. So it's a school decision because the NCA obviously said um, NCA allowed everyone back, and the Ivy League was split on the decision. So they left it up to individual schools, and just kind of seems. I don't know. The thing that's tough is like, if Yale was going to make this decision and not let us back, they could have told all of us two months ago yeah. when the NCA said that we were going to get another year of eligibility instead of making everyone wait and think that we can come back and just like grad school opportunities closed up for a lot of kids on our team because of it. And like people like filled up with scholarship and stuff because we were still waiting on Yale and it seemed like we we're going to be allowed to come back and just like, just like the fact that it was an institution decision and our athletic director was out on the field with us and said, we're going to do anything possible to make it right and, and make a season for you guys. And then like the opportunity was given to us and then just like, not, not remotely what they told us, you know, yeah. like it's pretty crazy just to like, so I don't know. And then it's also just, we weren't even told like how I found out we weren't allowed back and all the rest of the seniors was our athletic director sent out a tweet. And then we one of my buddies, Stephen Rafis from Syracuse, was like, you guys aren't allowed back. And I was like, well, that would have been nice if, like, we would have been told instead of, like, yeah. you guys sent a press release on Twitter. Like, just pretty ridiculous. So, just – so it's an institution decision to kind of long-winded vent, I guess, that stuff on my chest to get off. But yeah. it's an institution decision that they had rules that they weren't willing to break. And – it's what it is like not like me saying anything's going to change their minds but just wish they would have handled it with a little more clarity and would have let us actually know it wasn't possible fast forwarding a year from now you know what are, what are your plans after Yale is PLL in the mix yeah I definitely want to play professional lacrosse um whatever league gives me the opportunity would be be awesome and I think both leagues have something great I think uh I think there's a couple of draws with the PLL and also the MLL that are just different because just how the leagues are set up. I think, as I said before, like Coach Sudan on the Chrome, it would kind of be a dream come true to play for him. That's cool. And uh, just kind of crazy how it would all come full circle with that. But uh, same thing, MLL has a lot of guys I played with at Albany. Um, I think I'm going to end up living in, sorry, excuse me, in New York City and that would be close and make everything pretty easy. So, uh, yeah, I think there's, there's good things about both, but I, uh, I don't know. I I'm down for whatever. So, so is the goal to kind of play professional and have a job at the same time? I think, uh, I think probably a little less serious of a job than some of my other friends, but, uh, probably lacrosse is going to be my main job and then maybe I'll have something on the side, but, uh, Kind of want to try and start both, but it's pretty easy to – you can't come back to professional lacrosse just because, you know, circumstances. You can always come back to a real job. Yeah, you know? that's true. Well, that kind of wraps up our talk here, but one last section. It's called Quick Talk on Pelk Talk. All right, favorite food? Chicken parm. Yeah. Biggest hack? <laughs> Probably Chris Fake, man. That kid hits hard. Biggest chirper? Mac on that, bar none. Okay. What comes to mind when I say Rosh Vegas? 
Best place on earth. Uh, garbage plates for sure. If not Yale and Albany, then? Cornell, Chase goes there. Okay. Best college memory? Beating Penn State in the Final Four. Best teammate you've ever had? I think one of my – because he doesn't get the appreciation other people do, Colin Courtney. Kid okay. who never played. Probably best teammate I've ever had. Funniest guy on the team? Brian Ward. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. What comes to your mind when I say Yale lacrosse? Competitive. Where do you see yourself in five years? Hopefully still playing lacrosse. <laughs> okay. With the job too or no? I don't know. Hopefully. If I don't have a job, hopefully it means I'm doing well at lacrosse. So. Yeah. Well, well, I appreciate it, TD. Thanks for coming on Pelk Talk. Where, where can the fans find you at? TD underscore Erlin. I have a Twitter, but I don't really use it. So. <laughs> well, TD, I really appreciate you coming out for Pelk Talk. A great conversation, uh, and I hope the fans like it. Um, but thank you. We'll talk soon. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Sweet. See you, brother. See ya.